right, three, two, one. Episode 14, folks, can you believe it? We have our own in-house pixel polymath, our attribution all-star, Corey Canestrea. Did I hit it? Did I hit it? All right, that's uh, Can- I Canestrea. That's close. It's Canestrea. Rare, rare. Oh, damn it, Canestrea. <laughs> damn it, I should know I'll this. I'll take that one. It's okay. way, I've experienced way worse than that. <laughs> and we'll give us an 8 out of 10. Okay, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. He, he's on the team. He can give me some sauce. Um, all right, Corey, first off, thank you for joining us. Um, as you can see, I'm back in our Austin HQ. And, Corey, where does this podcast find you? Uh, I'm actually right outside of Philadelphia right now in a town called Ben Salem. Oh, cool. That's awesome. How long have you been in Philly? Or how long have you been in Pennsylvania, I guess? Well, PA, uh, essentially I've been here my whole life. Oh, I cool. took a little hiatus for about four or five years into North Carolina, into Charlotte. Loved it there. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Dad's out yeah. there. Yep. It's a really and pretty then, city. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen, yeah, yeah, I seen, I seen in there. your tweet your location. I was like, hold on. What's this guy doing in yeah, my yeah. stomping grounds? <laughs> Pops is out in Minton Hill. <laughs> nice, yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful yeah. area. Um, yeah, yeah. A lot of growth. A lot yeah. of development. Yeah. Um, they got like some financial sectors out there. Not too, not too much of a tech scene. They, yeah, they they got some stuff going for them. So, yeah. shout what, out to uh, North Carolina. Yeah, I was I was impressed with that. The uh, Charlotte. So Charlotte, and then back to uh, the suburbs then of Philly. Back or? to suburbs of Philly. Yeah, I love it. I actually awesome. have a place in Philadelphia too, so I bounce back and forth. Um, Oh, look at you. With the wow. fan. Big yeah. dog and love <laughs> it. Yeah, I, I also keep a place in Philly as well. Look at this guy. I love him. Yeah. Um, so the bat, the you, bat cave, the exactly. So how did you get into tech? Give us, give kind of our listeners a little, um, and so I guess I should color in the lines first to give people where you're at now. So Corey is basically leading all of our, uh, pixel development, working with, um, all of our dev team very tightly, um, and making everything perfect. Um, and so yeah. it's, it's a pretty senior role. So putting that out there, can you kind of give people a little bit of uh, color into how, how you've made it into this role and kind of stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. So full circle, um, honestly, as most things in life, once we once we take a step back to look at it, a lot of full circle moments. Um, I want to say 2005, uh, young me has a e-machine computer, big tower, um, downloading stuff, breaking stuff, viruses. It's my mother's computer. The computer doesn't work. What did you do? What did you do? And so I was like, oops, got to figure out how to fix it. And so started learning how to like do like simple stuff like virus removal, program installation, program uninstallation. It was like, right, like you get a new computer, it comes with all this bloatware. It's like, oh, how do I tune this up, right? Yeah. And so that's kind of where I was. Drives. Yeah, man. Oh, wow, defragging hard drives. Wow. <laughs> the kids don't know, Corey. The kids don't know. <laughs> the, the visualizations wow. are so perfect. Wow, man. wow, wow, wow. Hello, you've got mail. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, the the 56k when it grabs, you're like, yeah. Yeah. So so that was the error, right? Breaking computers, getting viruses, yep. and it, and then I got into school. I was a basketball player, um, pretty good basketball player, um, and I knew how to like circumvent the proxies at school. It's like, how do we get back on YouTube? How do we get yeah. back on MySpace? <laughs> you were trying to get My back space. on MySpace, and how it. do we get to addictedgames.com? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I realized that if you want to, like, if you pinged, there's this terminal, there's this command line, and there's this thing called ping, which actually just goes out and tries to connect to the domain. So I would type in YouTube ping youtube.com, and then it would t- return in the terminal in the command line the IP address of the website. 
And so if you use the IP address uh, rather than YouTube.com, so if you put in the telephone number of YouTube.com, it would load right up. And so this is like, I'm like, oh, like, I'm like, oh, I'm hacking. Like, oh, I'm like, (laughs) and so that's where like my interest, you know, is like, I didn't have any natural like tech like desire or anything. It was just like, I was having these experiences in life where it's just like, oh, wow, that, that was cool. Um, and that, that just kept the curiosity going. And, I love that. you know, I think 2009, there's this site called Wix.com that comes yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. And you could build, like, Flash websites. And so, like, yeah. you are you could, like, have animation everywhere. Like, I had stars flying everywhere. Yeah. I had um, the Pure Imagination song from Willy Wonka is one of my favorite yeah. movies. And, you know, so when you came on my website, it was like, uh, simply look around <laughs> if you want to see Paradise. <laughs> it's just like all this music playing, there's stars flying everywhere. Just complete barf on page. Oh, yes. <laughs> like no UX, no UI whatsoever. Um, I was like, I'll, I'll take your trash out, I'll mow your lawn, um, I'll do virus, I'll set up like some uh, routers for you. Yeah. Um, and, and this is a time where I started to get serious. I'm like, wow, you can make money. Like you can make money doing some of these technical mm-hmm. tasks for people. And that's where the entrepreneurial brain started really you know that engine really started going i'm like oh wow so if i like build this website for you you'll give me 300 bucks 500 bucks um and so that was like during high school that i was doing that right i was i was making a couple hundred bucks here and there i I would um i would like hack people's wi-fi passwords (laughs) so i had friends like who graduated allegedly allegedly (laughs) (laughs) just because yeah we gotta clean this yeah yeah (laughs) i had this idea that i that i could have (laughs) done a friend (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, a friend. Um, they were they went to Temple University, and everyone had Wi-Fi down there. And yeah. I, right, so I was like, why buy Wi-Fi? We all have Wi-Fi. There's like 18 different Wi-Fis. It's like, why not just connect to yours? <laughs> That's like the precursor to mesh networks in reality. <laughs> yeah, man, and we're we're heading that way anyway. Like, actually, um, Google. Uh, excuse me, Comcast, which is the big provider in the north uh, northeast, um, huge provider. I actually got a lawsuit for this. Essentially, when you got your router from Xfinity, Comcast Xfinity was their, mm-hmm. their product line, uh, you got your router, your internal uh, internet would have one Wi-Fi name, SSID, but also any Comcast customers that were in the area would also see one called Xfinity. I remember and this. If yeah. they, and they could connect to this Wi-Fi with their username and password. That, so essentially, yeah. strangers or neighbors could be using your router – to, because they were paying Xfinity customers. Yep. And this was set by default on your router oh when you got it and gosh. people did not like this. It's like, "Oh, you're using our you're using our energy, right?" So like our power bill. And and essentially um nothing bad ended up happening other than they needed to stop shipping them by default that way. Yeah. Um they weren't able to quantify like any damages done to to people. What would be interesting there would be um if they offered a lower price point, if you opted into that, that would make yeah, me it, interesting to then you can kind of like people that didn't mind it, that wanted to get a little juice on it. But yeah, that's pretty sketchy. Also too, I guess you said nothing happened, but there's just something inherently weird about letting somebody in my network, even though it's like, you know, it's like not yeah, like in my network, splice, but it is, but, but it's like, yeah, you, you know what I mean? There's just like, you're on my device. So yeah, you right? got access. Like there's just, there's something there that just makes me a little, a little hesitant, but that's amazing. The, but the at old, that uh, moment, that time is when I knew. I was like, okay, you know, I made a couple dollars here, made a little money. But once I started playing around with the network architecture, like like how devices communicate, I was like, wow, I actually like want, want I want to do this. And so, um, 
<laughs> I had a really bad GPA in in high school. Uh, yeah, yeah. A 1.1 GPA. So oh I like God. literally barely graduated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but my best class in school was physics. And so I just showed like like um, school didn't challenge me. It, sure. And, that, and that's you know a lot of students are experiencing that kind of thing where they're not challenged and so they're busy talking or being a class clown or trying to figure out a way to express themselves. And um, I was definitely one of those kids. But after I graduated, I had the opportunity to fill out um, some scholarship opportunities, academic like tests, where it wasn't based on the merit of what you had. It was based on the merit of what you could prove today. And Love so I, like I like it was a test and I scored really high on the test. And then it was an interview. And so they ended up giving me a full academic scholarship to go to um, a technical school. Um, well, I actually forget the name of the, the school. CHI was the acronym. Uh, it's a technical-based school. It's, uh, it was owned by Kaplan. Univers Kaplan okay. is like a big yeah, yeah. Uh, education um, yep. company. And they gave me a full scholarship for network engineering. So that's where I got to learn all of the networking okay. server, routers, IP, the network layer of what's happening, uh, yeah. all this stuff. So I was I was like deep into like servers and extremely, oh extremely gosh. technical um, for like from 20 – well, from 2009 to like 2013. Oh, wow. I was like a computer nerd. Like yeah. building computers, motherboards, CPUs, like everything from scratch. <laughs> it's like if you bought a pre-built computer, you were a loser. Yeah, can you run Linux <laughs> that, on that? Get out of here. Yeah, exactly. Thing, like yeah, I had yeah. Linux on my PS3. Exactly. Right? Like, I'm, like for what? I had a yeah. Android on my iPhone. Yep. I, <laughs> oh my gosh, I used to be into the, the uh, jailbreaking world as well when I was younger, and the, oh, that's so funny. Jailbreaking, oh, man. Woo. Yeah, OG stuff. That's incredible. So you have all these network chops now. Now what? So now it's like, okay, I'm making a little bit of money doing this. Um, but it wasn't that fun to me, honestly. Yep. It was like, I, I, I like, I'm an impact person. Like, I want to have impact. And there's just not so much impact you can do in people's lives, like, in a closet. Yep. Like, in the basement closet, working with some guy who's been here for 40 years who's not about to change anything about the infrastructure. So it was, it was although it was very pow empowering learning it, I felt that kind of powerless with what I learned. Yep. And um, and so I still knew how to do the website thing, right? Like uh, that was still something I was still playing around with. And so I was like, you know what? Let me just like focus on building websites, and um, then learning about email marketing. It just gradually started to learn the performance marketing suite of tools. Yep. And um, I did that for a few years. Um. Like I, and I never had a job like, you know, um, in high school, I had a job working for Best Buy Mobile. But outside of high school, like I never had uh, a job. I was just yeah. making money whenever I needed money, you know, privileged, privileged, privileged enough <laughs> to where I had a roof over my head. Yep. Um, you know, definitely my mom comes from a very hardworking background um, from the center city, like hard, hard, you know, like my my house that I grew up in is a corner store now. Sure. Right? It's just like in, in the hood and yeah, essentially. Yeah. um She's worked her way all the way up to to high six figure earnings, and um, but I was privileged enough to where I didn't have to be worried about the bills being cut off or anything. So I took Absolutely. full advantage of that. It's like, why am I making money? Why not? I can just learn. And so I, I started know. building websites for people, and that's when I had the bright idea. I was like, okay, if these people want websites to make money. They don't like. They don't just want a website. At first, they were like, "Oh, this website's amazing." They refresh it a thousand times. Like, "Oh, look at this little loading animation. So beautiful, so beautiful." But yet, they're not hitting their goals. And then I learned about Facebook ads, and oh boy, did life change quickly and fast. <laughs> like, if when you when you figure out how to press the 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 print 
money button on Facebook, life can get very interesting, and I figured that out. Um, I, with a little bit of luck, I guess, and timing, um, you know, a lot of people weren't running traffic yet, and they had this mystifying ideas about traffic and ads, yeah. and so I was able to get into that, and I just started consulting and freelancing around driving traffic and helping people in their funnels, right? It's like, I, or now I know how to... I knew how to optimize a funnel. I knew how to optimize the email sequence, the SMS sequence. I knew how to get conversion rates. You know, I, I, I knew it wasn't the, the, the most genius at all of that, but I knew all of it. And with the advent of adding in traffic, it was, it was like, I can be a consultant for, for your entire e-com e flow. And I actually started, I started in like the more challenging space and maybe that's, you know, like services, like yeah. home services, like electric, um, electricians, plumbers, pest control, you know, like some of these things, like inbound traffic, you know, from Google and some of those things are like 50 bucks a click, 30 bucks yeah. a click. So you got to be dialed in, you know, like it's not like 10 bucks CPMs or $30 CPMs. <laughs> That's so, so fascinating. And, and then, the, and then, right. So it's like, I'm paying more for, for these clicks Yep. and there's more pressure on me so i need to really understand like when then we get this click what did that user do like yeah. that's where the attribution need came it's like i really need to know the journey of these people we're paying for because there's such a, a premium that i'm paying for it right and then you fast you know like i already knew that kind of i wasn't like deep into that but i i kind of knew like i was very interested in the customer journey like I was using the conversion pass report in Google Analytics. Yeah. Yep. Um, I was using like session recording tools like Hotjar. Sure. Sure. Um, full story. You know, you 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 name it to see what people were doing. I was really interested in like what are people doing, and that's when I started learning about attribution. You know, single touch attribution, multi touch attribution, data driven attribution. And it was just more of like an interest to me. Um, and then my Facebook rep. Uh, like we're, we're kind of moving fast now. Like that, that whole Facebook traffic uh, realization was like 2016 uh, to 2019, 2020 is when okay. I'm, so we're getting close you know, now going through all that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now we're, now we're 2020. Um, got my full hat, my full knowledge on of, of the entire marketing ecosystem and profit, bottom line profit. Now it's like, okay, I know, this attribution game is about to take a big hit because of privacy. My rep had told me um, ATT was coming down, app tracking transparency, and AEM was going to be happening. And so I was like, ooh, um, okay, I see two opportunities. One, if I'm getting paid based on commission, like I was getting paid on back-end revenue that I was creating, right. it's like I'm going to be – you know, that – my commission is going to be down. messed up, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's like they're talking about a 28-day window to a 7-day window – that that could be 20 30% of my commission right there. Oh, I was like, whoa, no no no. Yep. And then not only my commission, I I'm losing data, I'm losing insights as to what's working. And so now not only am I losing the commission, I also can't make as much money because I'm losing data. And so I just I knew that this was going to be a big problem for not only myself for others. So I was like, well, I can double down. I can if I solve this, I get paid more for my customers and maybe I can sell something yeah, to those in need. A little sauce for myself. And so, you know, it was a big challenge building the Pixel. I, I've built this is uh, essentially I've built one Pixel myself so far with one of my one of my friends, the developer. Um, and then I reversed after that. It was so challenging. It was so difficult. There's so many things to consider. Um, and we can kind of talk about that uh, once we get into like more of those questions around the Pixel. Um, 
I met AJ for Triple L. I just seen everything Triple L was doing. I was like, wow, this is like amazing. You, if only you guys had all like all the insights of like the the purchase journey, the product journey, the AOVs, yep. that you know, like all this stuff, net profit, MER, like all this stuff was so juicy. What if you had the raw data set to formulate those metrics? Yep. And I just seen Triple L was like way ahead of the rest of the industry with insights and visualizations to where if I could persuade the triple L to invest in a pixel, this would be awesome. Well, little, little did I know it was already in the works and in the bubble. Uh, like yeah. the idea was already happening. And so it was just like perfect timing. Like it was like, I seen triple L was, was having a bunch of conversation. I had just got on Twitter. Um, cause I was really big into Facebook groups. Yeah. Yeah. I was, same. Just, I was just drained out, man. I was like in every Facebook media buyer group. And I was just, man, it's just like, it's just a leeching environment in there. It's it like is no not one... ideal. And then Twitter was just like, take, take, have more. Oh, you're not done with what I gave you yesterday? Well, I don't care. Here's more value. I'm just going to keep shoving value down your face. Oh, Where I was so like, wow, good, Twitter man. is so good. So good. Oh, man. Um, And, and Triple L was one of those that I seen where it's like, wow, they just keep coming with heat. It's like, and AJ was down to do the pixel. And so that's. That's how I got into, you know, my learning, my experience with technology was like shaping me and preparing me for Triple Well to for this moment. Yeah, I, it's I, been very I interesting so far. I love that. There's uh, actually one of my favorite quotes uh, by Winston Churchill, but pretty much the long and the short of it is like there's certain opportunities in your life that are so uniquely suited for you that what a shame it would be that you meet that opportunity um, ill prepared or you know, just passing it by. And so, um, yeah, I love that. Yeah. The other thing yeah. that you can see in there, cause I have a, a similar one. I had the same epiphany of building versus marketing where, um, I, I went down other nerdy paths, not networking, but, um, yeah, you can ask people for a lot more money when you're making them money versus when you build them a cash register where it's like, this cash register is beautiful. It's amazing. Why isn't oh, it working? What? No, it is working. Yeah. There's just nobody buying anything. <laughs> and so you just, uh, and so you can, uh, yeah, get more there. But the other thing yeah. is, um, you've just never lost that tinker kind of hacker ethic, right? Like who cares? Like, Cause I, I subscribe to that as well. Like I have very, not that I don't care, but like, I really don't value pedigree that much. I'd rather, I value like what you can do and what you've done and what are the like platforms you've worked with? What have you built? And yeah. how do you think about solving problems um, versus like I'm an Ivy, you know, I mean, granted you like have an MIT engineering degree or something. Yes. It's, it's incredibly valuable, but there's just right. a certain aspect for me of um, I think sometimes pedigree can paper over um, a lot of actual deficiencies where um, for example, like a lot of the Ivy leagues are actually legacy schools, right? So it's like these people yeah, actually aren't exactly. even like top tier intellectuals. They're, they're, they're anyways, I'm kind of digressing, but the too long didn't read is I love the, the, the fact that like you're tinkering and the, the, the only thing that is really like none of your meta skills have changed. Um, you're just becoming higher levels. So the foundation that you have is taller. And so you can stand on it and start to tinker with higher level stuff. If that makes any sense yeah. at all. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm at, 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 for me, it's a bottom line impact. It's like, how am I impacting my friends? How am I impacting my family? How am I impacting my peers? And if the things that I've learned and accumulated don't do one of those to some uh, efficiency at some level, I need to rethink what I'm doing. And, That's and awesome, to be able to drive value for, you know, hundreds and hundreds of brands 
Um, it's a pretty big deal. Fires you up. I love it. Fires me um, up, man. I got a reason to wake up every morning. I'm, and burn I'm the in midnight there. oil. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Uh, <laughs> what is one weird talent you have? Oof. One weird talent. I think a lot of the talents I have are weird. Um, <laughs> okay. Pick one. <laughs> um, one weird talent I have. I can, I can understand languages I've never seen before or heard before yeah you're like a walking star trek recorder <laughs> not fully it. like coherently understand everything yeah. but i get the gist maybe a lot of people can do this you but can do the, something that i've i've done well 13th warrior style antonio banderas um that's amazing dude so let's wrap up this main segment real quick and what's one piece of advice you would give to somebody um that was kind of in that frustrated genius category of people forget like school dude was literally built around basically cultivating the masses for industrialized labor. That's not like a conspiracy theory. It's not like that weird, like like being able to sit there and not talk was like the point of it. Um, So how would you give people advice to kind of start to build skill up or any resources or frameworks or anything you would suggest? The biggest the biggest thing you can do as like a creative genius um, where you feel like you, you know, you're bottled up, I guess is just go out there and do it for you. Um, like find somebody you can do what you know you can do for. It's like, um, it's like, don't wait for someone to ask you to do it. Don't wait for the opportunity to appear. It's like, if, if you got value and you know that you have a genius in you, uh, just start giving it to people. You know, like there's times I just built websites for people. I didn't know how to sell them the website. I didn't know how to get the contract and all that stuff. I didn't know how to, you know, do all that. And, um, right, it's going to take time for you to learn those other pieces of the puzzle to, to depending on what your goal is, right? Like if you're yeah. trying to create revenue, if you're just trying to feedback the feedback loop of life and, and you're just looking for karma, either, either or, go out there and do real work for real people. You know, love it. don't always be stuck in the theory and idea of what could be. Oh, I love it. Brother from another mother here, dude. I, I couldn't endorse that anymore. I'm getting tattooed. All right, Corey, you made it through <laughs> the main segment. Let's jump into the value add. This is why people bought the ticket. They want to know what's going on with the pixel. So first, I think we should set the stage of what's happening kind of with Facebook attribution now and like, will it ever be fixed? You had mentioned some fancy terms of AEM, CAPI, yada, yada, yada. Can you kind of maybe scale up a little bit to give people some some uh I guess introspection on that without necessarily having the, the acumen that you do. Yeah. So, uh, highest level, long story short, there's been all these cameras, um, on these websites, right? Camera from Facebook, camera from Google, camera from Google analytics, camera from Pinterest, right? You have all these cameras on the website watching every move that is happening. Now, most website visitors are not aware of this. They're, they're like, I came to, um, you know, cnn.com just to read the news today or fox.com or wherever you know i won't open that can of worms wherever uh <laughs> <Tech> <laughs> whatever site we'll, you're we'll, going we'll, to, we'll to get your tech news. crunch, tech crunch. <laughs> yeah exactly so you're going to techcrunch.com and you think your relationship is just one-to-one but really there's maybe on techcrunch.com there's maybe 80 different camera systems watching what you're doing and so essentially apple uh and this is how the internet has always been no, no harm, no foul. Essentially, no one, no one had any issues. Um, and then Apple decides, uh, for our customers' sake, 
Apple's so concerned about us, right? They really want to ensure that that we're protected as we browse the internet or for some other reasons they may be doing this. But what they say is that they're protecting our privacy. And what that means is that we need to change um, how these cameras can work. These cameras can't just record you forever. Um, These cameras can only record you uh, up to seven days and then they need to delete the footage that they've recorded. Essentially, I'm I'm oversimplifying this sure. drastically, but, tr- but, yeah. but the idea is right there, right? It's like, yeah, you can you can record this person um, up to seven days. And then after that, you need to delete it. OK, yep. so this is kind of what's happening and, and, and it's seven days of an activity. So you, as long as they come back tomorrow, you can do seven days from then. If they come back four days from now, you can do seven days from then. If they come back on the seventh day, well, you can do seven days so you can keep prolonging that. OK, yep. And so that was a big, big change that happened. Um, and there were some changes that happened before that, like third-party cookies. Essentially, TL didn't TL t- t- TL didn't read. <laughs> Mix it up. Mixing it. Is that cameras used to be able to watch you the whole way for as long as they wanted, and now they can't. Yep. And what so if what I opt in though? Where does the opt-in and opt-out come in? Okay, so okay, so first things first was websites and camera sorry. symptoms. Yeah, yeah. First things first was just okay, camera, sorry, sorry. just camera yep. systems on websites, right? Like, yep. That yep. is at attack. all that. Yep. Okay. Okay. Now let's go. Let's get a little bit more focused into Facebook. Okay. Yep. Well, Facebook was one of the camera systems. <clears throat> okay. Well, Facebook is also an application in the Apple App Store. Okay. So. Yep. Some billion amount of users have the Facebook app installed on devices. Maybe yep. 700,000 of those or 700 million yep. of those are on Apple devices. Messenger okay. as well. WhatsApp as well. All the same company yeah, people. Yeah, so they yeah, they're they got you. They got Instagram. Your data. So essentially like, <laughs> losing all those apps would be absolutely the small digression because I know you're going to get to it, but it's arguable that the Facebook mobile feed is more valuable. The uh, inventory on that is way more valuable in the mobile app than it is on the desktop. Yeah. Anyways, exactly. sorry, I'm in the exactly. weeds here. So Facebook cameras continue. This is a great analogy. I no, love these it. are some, these are four huge cameras. These are four huge, the ones you just listed are huge. That's a huge amount of data that feeds their machine learning and their AI, so that way we can target, as advertisers and media buyers, we can target people who are likely to want what we have. And so, um, so, so Facebook has these apps, right? And Apple comes out and says, listen, we're going to create a prompt that when someone opens your app, it's going to ask them, do they want you to track them across the internet? Because what Facebook can do is that you're using the Facebook app, and then you could be using the Google Chrome app or the Safari app or the Mozilla F- Firefox app, and as long as um, Facebook's on that device and they have permission, they can see the other behaviors and activities that are happening, which is valuable information. Now, if I get this prompt called App Tracking Transparency Prompt, ATT, App Tracking Transparency, uh, this will happen on iOS 14.5 plus devices or Mac OS. Uh, I don't know the Mac OS, but it also uh, affects the Mac OS as well. Okay. Um, when I open an app, on that version of software, it will ask me, do I want to be tracked? I'm going to click no. Because who, I mean, right, there's a small percentage of people who are clicking yes. Well, Reports happen that around 90% Shout of people. Shout out media buyers. Yeah, Ryan Diaz from Digital Marketer uh, has released, He's he's must he's got some inside data and reports have it that about 90% of people are opting out uh, of that message. So what does this mean? Okay, this means that Facebook can see what the person is doing inside of their app 
Correct. But if they leave out of this app, Facebook may still see what they're doing, but Facebook cannot attribute what they're doing. So Facebook may still see what's happening, but they can no longer say that, oh, this click of this ad that ended up in this $132 purchase was from this click. And so now we don't see this conversion potentially on our report immediately anymore. Okay, because right. now this purchase is going to AEM. So what's AEM? Essentially, people have opted out. So Facebook now needs a way to deal with opted out people. Yep. So because the pixel is still seeing all their events, the Facebook pixel is still watching everything that it can watch. If ad blocker is okay. not there, right? Like ad blocker right. blocks pixel or whatever else may be blocking the pixel. But if the pixel loads, it's going to see this event from John who opted out. Got so it. Facebook sending this data back to AEM aggregated event measurement to wash out the identifiable things. Ah, got and it. so maybe we'll see that event some period within the 72 within the next 72 hours populate on our report. Got maybe it. we do, maybe we don't. We kind of right now we're now we're dealing with ambiguous reporting like is this event real? Did this event happen today? Right. Is it a data dump kind of thing? Is it a data dump? Is this a delayed? And, 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 you know, this is what we've been seeing for the last five, six months. It's just people don't know what to make of it. Is right. this, like, what's happening? Is this real events that were just delayed? Are these modeled events? Did these events even happen today? I, the old joke was that if you wanted the ad to do well, you turn it off. Because the oh. next two or three hours, like you refresh it the next day, and it's the top performing fucking ad. You're like, what? Zero what spend, zero spend. <laughs> like, bro, ass through the roof, conversion yeah, value through the roof. Just like, what's going on, man? Okay, so let me let me uh, kind of pull some things back together. Okay, so Facebook has a camera still, possibly can still track you, but legally is bound not to, or not legal. Quote not unquote, legally, legally bound, bound but choosing. it's incentivized to not lose its place on the app store with its Facebook proper, with its Instagram, with its WhatsApp, with its Messenger app. Like, I mean, those are huge, Let's just tell you huge this. properties. If Apple found massive properties. that Facebook or Instagram or WhatsApp or any of their, their, their own properties are still attributing this data uh, outside of their poli Apple's policy, Apple will gladly... <laughs> they will Maybe. gladly remove 30% of Facebook's revenue. Like That's just all the cover they button. need, just, right? Just get out of here. Okay. Facebook will lose 30 to 40% of its revenue. Apple will suck it all up into their own advertising network. Okay, interesting. So now so Facebook's walking a tight line. The AEM is to essentially take that data and, uh, for lack of a better term, like launder that money or launder that data into uh, an anonymized, anonymized format it. so it can't be traced back to anybody. Um, and then that data is then dumped into Facebook and or modeled depending on the attribution window you choose. Um, and right, then you man. potentially lost the other events, right? Because you only get sure. one of the eight events. So That's a really great point. So can you uh, elaborate a little bit there? Yeah, so with aggregated event measurement, essentially what they're saying is that we still can see the events that this opted out user is doing, but we're not going to report all of them to you, even if we anonymize them. We're only going to give you one, which is the highest priority. And so you've lost some of your full funnel insights, right? right. It's like the add to carts, the, the initiate checkouts, like if you look at those audiences, those seed audiences and your, your custom audiences, and this is why lookalikes have not been performing as well right. as they always have is because the seed audiences have less events. They have less right. data in less them. Less signal. 
Um, and so the lookalike is less useful. And so it's just, yeah, aggregate event measurement was, I'm glad we at least have it. Right. You know, it's a triage, right? At least we're getting, at least we're getting something. <laughs> um, but yeah, we lost, I, th I think the last estimation is about like 80% of events are now lost due to nah. the reporting of only one event. Wow, that's brutal. So if okay. people are doing full funnel analysis, how do you do that anymore? And for me too, uh, when I was running my agency, I was finding that it was a lot more challenging with the lower spend clients just because um, like if you're just thinking of percentages, when you convert those percentages to absolutes, like if you only have 50 events a week and you're doing okay, and then you're going to lose, you know, 20, 30% of those events, it's like, that is just a yeah. whole different ball game versus if you have a thousand events a week, like you lose 30% exactly. of those, you're still fine. You're still giving plenty of right. signal to Facebook to, to perform. Whereas those kind of lower spend budgets were really challenged because it wasn't that, like you said, the money machine that you could just press the button on anymore, even at, you know, a hundred, $200 a day, um, because you just couldn't compete. Yeah. It's so fascinating. Okay. And then, so and then you may be competing and may not even know. <laughs> it's like maybe, maybe the cash register has, you know, and this is why MER and this is why some of these other stats are extremely, extremely crucial, like new custom, new customer CBA, right? Like, yep, absolutely. Some of these metrics are just mandatory now because we've lost some of that insight. I love that. MER is uh, marketing efficiency ratio for for all the folks out there that aren't hip to the game yet. Um Okay, so now we know the problem that Facebook has sort of semi-solved to the best of its ability now. Um, and then in slides, triple whale plus pixel into the DMs and all is well. Can you kind of under give us kind of how triple pixel works at the highest level um, and then what kind of data we're starting to surface? And the other thing, too, that I think is so beautiful about your camera analogy is people have to understand all these cameras were absolutely disconnected. So these are all their own little systems and triple pick triple well plus pixel is actually all connected. And so this is kind of one of the other really interesting things, because um, as you all know, like over attributions, a, a, a real thing where if I go and buy something and I touch Clavio and I touched uh, Facebook and I touched Google all within the attribution windows and I clicked on that or interacted with that ad, all of those channels rightfully so are going to claim that credit. And so now you have three conversions for one to Shopify. And so that's kind of something that was actually really fascinating for me with the triple pixel. Yeah. Um, furthermore, we have insight into the business um, where nobody else does. And so being able to calculate a gross profit at the ad, ad set and campaign level is bananas to me. But anyway, yeah. okay, there we go. I teed it up for you. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> so... Um, the highest level of the pixel before getting into like all the fanciness of all the value and insights it can bring. I think the most fundamental and core statement that can be made about the triple pixel is that I'm, I'm going to read this because I just want to just say it exactly how I wrote it. In short, the triple pixel restores the lost data and improves the insights we had on that data. Okay. So it's like we were at a certain point with getting real time data undelayed data, unmodeled data, mm -hmm. um, all of our events, the window of our desire up to a 28 day window, um, being able to remove view data and, and segment to see how much of this uh, value is coming from clicks versus views. Uh, essentially triple 
pixel restores what the Facebook pixel was prior to January 19th. And then, yep. you know, the, 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 the next coming months where things change. So the triple pixel puts us back to where we were with insights to our data. And then there's a bunch of more fancy and cool and beautiful additional things that we're doing. And, you know, I kind of want to keep that line in the middle to say, like, it's not all about selling you on some new stuff. It's about returning us as advertisers to the insights and level of access to information we had prior to this whole mess. Right. And that. and that, yep. that's that's crucial to me is like if I can get back to the insights and data I had prior to January. That'd be worth it for me now. Well, and again, not to cut you off, but again, that's still at the channel level. This is actually at uh, a cohesive like one camera system all connected, watching every single one of your customers versus these disparate camera systems that are still functioning. Like to your point before, you know, Google, Facebook. You could run from the channel metrics. Like I would use a blended ROAS where I would blend my channel metrics. Like it was fine um, until it wasn't. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so you just even you just even hit it on the nose, right? Is like this is just at the channel level that we're talking right now. We're restoring the channel level now. As we can see, some media buyers and some performance marketers are already a little bit. They were already questioning that. Um, and this is where you have a camera. Essentially, what we're talking about with these camera systems that only report what they see, they're called self-attribution networks. They are only interested in showing you how they participated. And this isn't just um, malpractice, so to speak. Um, this is also how else can they show you, right? Like if Facebook, Google, and Clavio were a part of a purchase, which one should tell which story? Right. So it, it makes sense that Facebook can say, hey, I participated. Google has, hey, I participated. Clavio, I participated. But now you notice I'm using the word participated. Um, this is a very unique word that we don't typically think about in attribution. Attribution models describe participation, not responsibility. Um, now, some of the newer attribution models, like data driven attribution models, are actually trying to describe credit. They're trying to say this is not, this is the causation of the sale. causal, yeah, yep. You know the causal effect of the sale, and we're finally at that point in time where Triple can start doing that. We have enough data, and we can start to introduce some data-driven models in the near future. Um, but uh, yeah, so essentially, cross-channel attribution is something that none of these other platforms can provide. And so that's where you plug in Triple Well's ecosystem. And Triple Well, we can see what's happening in Google. We can see what's happening with your Pinterest. We can see what's happening with TikTok. We can see what's happening with your AOV. We can see what's happening with the, your SMS. Um, your and when I said AOV, I meant Clavio. We can see what's happening with your Cogs. We can we can see all of this and how it's participating um, to the bottom line. And so this puts us in a unique position that no other attribution tool um, really has put themselves in no and there's no incentive for um us to basically weight one channel more than the other where um to your point like a a, a self-attribution is, is always going to weight itself how you know how it thinks it should and also to your point like it doesn't know any better i have no clue what clavio is doing i have no what? clue you what google's what? doing it's, it's actually some advertisers like that and so one of the things i did here with the triple pixel was we created something called last platform touch Yep. And then we ended up renaming it to triple attribution. Now, what that does that is it shows you how you would have seen it in the platform. Because some people are just trying to replace what their platform was showing them. They aren't necessarily 
ready for switching and, and, and changing some of the paradigm of how they look at um, conversion and where they should double down. Um, but yeah, so we have the ability for you to see if you click on triple attribution to say, we're going to attribute this conversion to the last platform that clicked. And, and so if that's, so if we're on Facebook, we'll see the last Facebook ad that was a part of this conversion. If we're on uh, TikTok, we'll see the last TikTok. So you, you still have the ability to see self attribution if you want that. And then we also have last click, uh, which is going to look channel agnostic. It's just going to say whatever, whatever channel was last, we're going to give credit there. We also okay. have first click. Um, and then we and, and we'll let the community kind of tell us what attribution models we should build next. What I'm very excited to do is not really so much attribution models. What I, I'm excited to empower the people who want to use attribution models to be able to use them. Yep. But for globally, what I'm interested in is telling people where to spend the next dollar. It's yeah. like this ad, you should increase spend by 10%. Right. Um, this ad this set, you should potentially think about swapping in this audience yeah. like attribution models give us insight but then we need to figure out what decision to make from it yep i want to help advertisers make just say this is the decision we recommend here's why we recommended it yep would you like to apply it yeah i think that 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 is really the future um that i'm also stoked about that as well where um there can be kind of data-driven ml kind of stuff uh Get surface up like hey you should scale x channel or y channel or to your point even as granular as like hey scale this campaign ad or ad set uh, because we see some uh benefits in the future for this um i think that's incredible um okay yeah. cool we're bumping up against it so let's jump through so you you just <clears throat> excuse me you describe the attribution models can you describe kind of the there was a bit of a change, right, between how Facebook recorded data in terms of event date versus click date. Can you kind of explain what those are for people? Yeah, so um, I've been trying to quantify the value of this technical difference. Yeah. So I'll start with how it used to work, how, how Facebook used to work and how Google Ads still works um, is if I spent, let's say, $1,000 on Monday – and someone clicked that ad, you know, let's just say John clicked the ad on Monday. And then he yep. finally, you know, did his due diligence, did his research, asked his lady, yeah, let's get it, makes a purchase on Thursday. Yep. Is that purchase going to show on Thursday? Or is it going to show based on the date that the click happened? This is what click date versus event date is trying to to, 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 to wrangle. Now, how Facebook and Google worked, Google, uh, how Facebook worked and how Google still works, Google ads, my ad, um, so I'll just list them off by one. Facebook used to say that, well, even though that purchase happened on Thursday, the click was on Monday, so we're going to give credit to Monday. Yep. And so this is why you always had to look, you had to wait for, you know, you had to wait that if you were doing seven day window, you had to wait until seven days past the close of that window for that data to be finalized. Yep. Mature. And so you, sure. you always had to keep going back and snapshotting and snapshotting. And that's how it used to work. Google ads still works that way. Google Analytics does not work that way. Google Analytics gives credit to the day that the purchase happened. So Thursday, that sale would show. But now you're trying to find out your CPA. You know, like, what was my CPA on Monday? Correct. Well, the purchases that happened on Monday may not be purchases from spend on Monday. The Correct. purchases that are showing on Monday could be uh, cl uh, clicks from Friday the prior week. And so yeah. now you now you have, like, this blended CPA, which this is okay. But if you're trying to, if you're, you know, you're spending 10 grand a day, 20 grand a day, you're spending larger amounts per day. 
okay, I, I, I want real, I want a more real time decision, and so I want to be looking at click date. Um, yep. So essentially, the way I kind of look at why to, because it's like, okay, that's the technical difference. The technical difference is that click date attributes the order to the date that the click happened. Event yep. date attributes the order that the date that the event happened. Okay, that's yep. the technical difference. But now, how, what does that mean for me? To like, me how do I make I money? It. And um, how do you make value out of this? Is click date is about right now. Click date. If I'm looking at today, the results of today will only be the results of today. Like the results yep. that happen from today's efforts. And so if I'm trying to make real-time decisions or, you know, per hour decisions, per you know, three, three times a day or something, or even within the two-day period, I want to be on click date. Yeah. Because Love that's that. giving me a, a better realization of what's happening right now. If I'm, if I'm buying media in 72-hour, you know, three- to five-day windows, this really doesn't matter for you. Uh, you're going to have a wide enough bro uh, date range. Changing the click date and event date wouldn't, wouldn't change much for you. So I love that. I guess th this is really this is really for people who want either to to the report to go back to the way they were used to it. Yep. Or people who are making real time decisions. I love that. Yeah, that was just very eloquently explained. Uh, okay, let's see. Got through all that. Got through that. Click date. You already said your favorites, man. It's like you read my show notes. Get out of here. Um, Okay, and then the last last question, a, a bit of a sandbag softball. Should everybody be using Triple Whale plus Pixel, or is Triple Whale just enough? Come on, come on, come on, on people, get <laughs> get the damn Pixel, get the damn Pixel. I'm I'm I've never been one to sell software just to sell software. Like I've I've never been that kind of guy. I, you know, like if you don't need it, you don't need it. Yep, and so. Um, there's one part I'll say is that you don't know what you're missing unless you have a pixel that's accurately, you know, doing something. So I could say that you should, you should have some way that you validated that you don't need the pixel or better yet, better said, you should validate that there isn't enough value that the <laughs> pixel can provide for you. So everyone should have had the pixel for at least three months uh, in a nutshell, because you don't know what you're it. missing. Right? There could have been an ad that was actually performing way better than you knew. Yeah, or there could it. have and been an ad that was being over-modeled. Love it. Love it. Love it. Get out there. Get a pixel. Annoy me or Corey. Maybe we'll give you a discount code. Corey, you have made it to the rapid fire. Can you believe it? My allergies just hit. You timed it perfectly. Because <laughs> I'm going to try and not take it easy on you, but my allergies could be a bit uh, prohibitive here. But uh, you ready for some rapid fire? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Camaros, overrated, underrated. Ooh, overrated. Ooh, Mustang, what's your favorite baby. car? Oh, your Mustang my, my, guy. My first car was a Mustang. So. Oh, I love it. Great um, first question. <laughs> Philly, overrated, underrated. Ooh. <laughs> Is it rated? Uh, you can have uh, accurately rated. <laughs> I guess it's overrated. it's overrated. Overrated. It's overrated. Okay. It's okay. Overrated. All right. Um, it's good though. It's good. Attribution, overrated, underrated. Oh boy! I got. I'm gonna answer this for myself and then for everyone else. Overrated <laughs> for me. <laughs> underrated for everyone else. <laughs> I love it. I, I love it. UTMs overrated, underrated. Underrated, underrated, underrated. Get those UTMs on people. Come on. Um, your favorite city in Pennsylvania? Um, Lancaster. 
Oh, it's like, Amish, what? It's like an Amish, Amish, uh, Amish town. Yeah, great is food, there a very relaxed. Is there a university there? Why do I know that? Is it by Pittsburgh uh, or something? I've heard that name before. Shippingsburg or Bloomsburg? Bloomsburg, maybe? Bloomsburg Lancaster. University? For some reason, I've just heard Lancaster, PA before. Great. So go get you some Amish food. Do, and they do the little carts and thing, everything, right? Yeah, they do the carts. Yeah, they, they're real, yeah, real deal. That's real it. deal. I love it. Um, Eagles or Steelers? Eagles. Oh, come on, people. I didn't realize. So I, I was really into soccer when I was younger. And there's like a bunch. I was in the English Premier League. And there's a bunch of hooligans, kind of rowdy fans. Man, Eagles fans hold up to them. Absolutely. Like they are. So, for people that don't know, there's an actual jail in the stadium because people wow out so much. Like <laughs> Eagles fans are another level, man. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I got um, to see the Phillies win the World Series. Oh, let's keep going. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to. No, no, no. You can, you can, yeah, no, you can pontificate. It's your, okay, it's your okay. Show, so, um, the Phillies won the World Series, mm-hmm. and it was just so epic. Like, I seen my teachers, like, I think I was in high school at this time, <laughs> beer goggles on, <laughs> just smashing beer on their, their faces. People are smoking cigarettes or other things. It's just yeah. like, whoa, like, it was crazy. Like, teachers and, like, police yeah. officers, like, <laughs> We got to go back to school next week and see you again. Like, I don't know how we're going to erase this from our minds. <laughs> Philly, oh, there's some diehard Philly fans, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Dude. Be oh, careful. Man, I, Be careful picking oh, fights it, with Philly fans. Oh, man, it's crazy, right? Like, so I, I, my dad lived in Pittsburgh before Charlotte, and I went and visited them a few times. And it is really deep there where you have, you have Pirates, Steelers, Philly, like, Everybody loves their sports teams, dude. It's incredible. Pittsburgh is pretty uh, – the Steelers, they, they don't have any shy fans either. No. No, they so. do not. Uh, no. Uh, side note, uh, the Philly Fanatics like one of my favorite uh, mascots ever. I love it. Great mascot. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah, he's – What's your favorite meal and why? Ooh, favorite meal. Man. Um, like, uh – I just slipped my name, um, but from the Twitter handle Fire, the Fire Team, Fire Agency. Uh, Jess, yeah, yeah. Jess, yeah. Man, he spoke so – I resonated with him so well. It's like f- I don't really have favorite food, so it just kind of like surprised me so there's still fun in it. <laughs> like, um, I love it. Oddly, I eat once I eat once a day. Like, oh, really? Like daily, daily fasting. I didn't do it on That's purpose. Cool. Yeah. Um, it just was a natural – thing but now i like to tell people yeah i daily fast because now i know what it means and it has like some good things so i'm like yeah yeah. i care about my body so love it (laughs) yeah so no favorite meal but like a favorite fast i'll give you i'll I'll give you i'll give you pasta pasta and italian sausage with some peppers and onions and some garlic that's delish yeah yeah beautiful answer yeah um what is your favorite newsletter Whew. Okay, so um, this is going to be like a tie between Cody and Alex B. Yeah. Um, I don't know that like the full names of their newsletters, but boy, oh boy, every time I open, it's like I think Cody's is the playbook, and what is Alex? You know, Corey's Corey Dobbins is the marketing playbook. Cody's Corey is, Dobbins. Think, Corey Dobbins. I'm sorry. Corey oh, that's Dobbins, what you're talking about. The playbook. Yeah. yeah, he's strong. Yeah, he's the playbook, yeah. and then no best practices. Alex B. No best practices. She's, She's my uh, Twitter crush, man. She's just an intellectual juggernaut, dude. She yeah. absolutely, she's fire, my fire, oh, just just heat constantly, dude. She's just too much, freaking. actually. Too, I don't, I don't, I don't even think, I don't even think people are I don't know ready. Where to put it. 
I don't know where to people put People are ready <laughs> to digest that. Yeah. She's so good, man. Yeah. It's yeah. Too hey, Alex P. Shout out No Best Practices. Uh, she's fantastic. What's your favorite place to travel to and why? Ooh. Um, I like I like Florida. Um, yeah. Where at? Fort Lauderdale Miami, area. Fort Lauderdale, yeah. Fort yeah, 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 yeah. Like I'm done with the Miami. Yeah. You know, yeah. Wanted to do it as a kid and as like you know got a little bit older, got yep. that out of my system. Miami's terrible. Yep. Um, yeah, just Shout northern. Chris Mead. Just beaches, man. Just get me to a beach that has internet connection, that has a WeWork yep. close, that where I can yep. you know sit down and get focused for a little bit. But keep <clears> me near a beach. Day. I'll Do you happy. like the East Coast beaches or not really? You'd, you'd rather go south? No, yeah, like going going to Cali, going to L.A. was like in Santa Monica. Like that was yeah. beautiful. That's what's up. Um, yeah. yeah, but Florida's also very nice, right? Like you go yeah, you go a little bit northern. You got like Boynton Beach. You, you got some yep. like West Palm Beach. You you have some really nice beaches yep. or like private yep. access type thing. So yeah, and some of the sand there is fantastic. Really pretty beaches. You're right. What's the favorite way you spend your time? Um. As of late, working. <laughs> I've been working <laughs> no. so hard. Welcome to it, right? But, I know, uh, dude, you've been killing it. Um, prior to that, I enjoyed reading. Um, just like different. I'm, I'm very, I'm a curious person. So yeah. anything that has ambiguity, but some absolute potentially tucked into it, gets Cat me going. Nip. Yeah, it just gets me going. So anything about like history. Anything about like space or even even religious content, like exci- yeah. like not not the religious parts of it, just like the the doctrinal ideas and concepts. Um, just like I just like things like that. Yeah. So um, one of the things coming for for soon is an RV. Um, Ooh. An oh, RV. dude, I love raging. Yeah, I, I love nature. There's just something to uh, getting out in it. And there's just something to just like a good old road trip, man. It's so like rings in my like American, like screaming eagle kind of freedom where it's like, as long yeah. as you got gas money, nobody's telling you where to go, how to go, when to go. Like, I don't know. There's just I, gas I and internet, a good road man. trip. That's it, dude. It's a, yeah, that's the path. Um, okay, cool. Last question. If you could have dinner with any people or with anyone dead or alive or excuse me, Jesus, I'm ruin it if you could have dinner with any three people dead or alive fictional or non-fictional so it's all at the same dinner so it's a four-person table and you're inviting three people who would they be Ouch. um <laughs> oh boy okay so a napoleon hill yeah uh he's a productivity person if uh People don't know that. He's fantastic, though. Um, we'll go with uh, Jesus. Okay, JC. Let's go. And we'll go with um, like a Gandhi. Oh, how interesting. Okay. Well, that's very insightful. And it's just like, some, like some principle, like discipline and principle. Like people who have displayed yeah. abnormal levels of of discipline and um ability i love that just like oh, what, 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 guy, great. what do you what do you guys know that we I don't a simple humans you, 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 <laughs> your tinker is coming out again you're trying to reverse engineer them too i love it i love it <laughs> Corey, you're a dream man it was so great to meet you in columbus and i'm excited for the next uh, quarterly meetup but where can people find yeah. you what do you want to turn people on to this is uh, your time 
look, ch check out the Triple Well Twitter. Um, you'll see me on that Twitter being mentioned a few times. You can come uh, follow me on my Twitter. Uh, for the last month, it's been pretty much absent, but we kind of got over that, you know, burning the oil every night. So yeah. um, February, uh, we'll, still, we'll still end out January pretty strong, but starting in February, you'll see a ton of Pixel content coming from me. I'll be talking Ooh, Pixel yeah. feedback, Pixel results, highlighting case studies that we're seeing. And so you definitely want to tune in. Um, we'll drop the Twitter handle for myself in somewhere around here absolutely show notes for sure <laughs> we, we do it big high production value hey everybody thanks for stopping in again for the 14th episode of you are not your roas uh if you want to get more involved in triple well you can go to try sign up there uh, as Corey said we have an awesome newsletter that goes out every tuesday thursday called whale mail sign up for that we actually featured alex p this week a phenomenal essay from her uh what else we got yeah at try triple wells on the twitters uh, oh, we have a Facebook group now, uh, just facebook.com slash group slash triple whale. It's called the whale sanctuary. Uh, a bunch of people in there just kind of talking shop. Uh, and then I think that's all we got. So thanks again. Oh, and then I don't know when people are going to hear this, but every Thursday we have a state of the whale, um, where every Thursday at 3 PM yeah. Eastern, um, you can tune in on any of our social channels. Uh, we broadcast live, uh, a state of the whale. It's about 20, 30 minutes. Um, you can submit questions. You can ask questions live, all that good stuff. Corey, you're the man, the pixel polymath, the legend of PA. Appreciate you, brother. We'll talk soon. Thanks, yeah, Corey. Up, we'll brother. see everybody later. Awesome. All right. Bye-bye.